Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcasts. It's like radio. But it's not on the radio. Hogan Johns. We will be perfect. Obsession. In every aspect of the game. Being obsessed. Jordan Howard. That's going to be a Bears touchdown. Tariq Cohen with the catch toward the end zone. And touchdown Bears. WGN Radio's very own Adam Hogan. I'm up here, you morons. Come and get me. And the Chicago Sun-Times, Adam Johns. You guys give up? Merry Christmas. Filthy animal. Oh, yeah, thirsty for more. Bring you Chicago's best Bears coverage. Yes! Trubisky protected for the end zone. Touchdown! Trey Burton. That's aggressive. They want to line up and kick it. And it's good. Rodgers. End zone throw. And it's intercepted. And it's Eddie Jackson who said it's personal. Obsession. My oh, my! obsessed. And now, here they are. Perfection. The Adams. Yeah, baby. Hogan Johns. Fuller, go easy on the Pepsi. We got Pro Bowlers recording a little bit later on a Tuesday evening to make sure we get your reaction to the Pro Bowl announcements and plenty of Bears players getting the nods. Can I just say one thing, my friend? That had to be my favorite intro i love home alone one and two the new york one is good too i'm not going to talk about three it's like it doesn't need to exist yeah number three um but the macaulay cock and home alone's some of my favorite christmas movies by far especially the original so i love that intro love it yeah absolutely great job by our guy ernie scatton perfect timing too because you know it's christmas week now basically we're almost there it's close enough home alone Season. It's always a good Christmas movie uh, to watch. And um, how about it? The couple days removed from the Bears winning the NFC North, John Z, they get five uh, for sure Pro Bowlers and a whole bunch of guys on the alternate list, too. Yeah, a whole bunch of guys. Not surprised by any of the, the real Pro Bowlers, if you want to call them that, the, the first teamers, whatever you want to call them. Of course, Eddie Jackson has to be. And of course, Cleo Mack, Kyle Fuller, Akeem Hicks. Right, about time mm-hmm. has to be in. And, and Tariq Cohen, I think that's a, like a respect factor. Not a great year for return men in general. I think there's only been three kickoff returns or something like that, three punt returns or four punt returns overall. Um, but obviously, he's he's a threat. He's got the he's a household name, I would say nowadays too. So you had to get him in there as well. Yeah, almost like a just like the athlete position because I, I mean he's not really going to make it as a running back or as a wide receiver. Um, so you just get him in there as a returner. I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Anyway, um, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. And this is episode 204 of the Hogan Johns podcast. Our producer is Joe Romano. You can follow him at Joey Joe Rowe. Of course, our 
Guy Ernie Scatton is the one uh, putting together those outstanding opens you hear every single week. This one updated with Home Alone and Packers highlights, beating the Packers to win the NFC North. You can read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears, ChicagoSunTimes.com. Please rate and review the podcast. You can find it anywhere you listen to your podcast. Please hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends about it. We appreciate you doing that. All right. So here's who uh, you kind of went through the list there, but... Sorry. No, it's all right. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. Yeah, you did. People were upset about the Hook spoiler alert. If people have really not seen Hook? I do agree that we've reached a statute of limitations on the Hook spoiler alerts. I was, I was, the movie's like 25 years right. old, people. Yeah, if you haven't seen it by now, Rufio's dead. All right? <laughs> yes. Poor good old Rufio. Good old Rufio. <laughs> Fantastic movie, though, by the way, of, of, of the Peter Pan genre. Fantastic. Yeah, we're uh, we're hitting all the kids' movies from you know from the nineties right now. That's what we do. <laughs> you know, you know, we're showing our age, I guess. Yeah, Adam, we're showing our age. Uh, I guess so. Um, guys, guys who are not showing their age: Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Jackson, Kyle Fuller, and Tariq Cohen are your five for sure Pro Bowlers. And then I find the alternate list fascinating. There's two guys missing, in my opinion, and then there's a couple guys on here. I'm surprised they're on here. Your thoughts on Mitch Trubisky being named the Pro Bowl alternate? Not surprised whatsoever. I mean, to be honest, like, look, guys that have been worse than Mitchell Trubisky stat-wise have made the Pro Bowl. Uh, I like the the honor that he's getting. I'm sure it's good for his confidence. I'm sure it speaks to his development. But just, just in general, speaking about the Pro Bowl, some bad players, not bad players, but like some some okay players, Usually sneak in, and I think Trubisky's better than okay. I think down the line he's going to be very good, but I'm not surprised by seeing him on the alternate list, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Every once in a while I bring up my grades uh, that I keep during the season. I'm going to talk about a little bit here and how they stack up with the pro bowlers um, that the Bears got because I tweeted this out a little bit earlier. But, you know, to be honest, Mitch Trubisky, and and part of it is the quarterback position, and I've kind of had to grade him on a curve a little bit because it's not fair when you have the ball in your hand every single play. Um, You're just going to be involved in more plays that are going to be, you know, uh, graded out for lack of a better way to put it. So I've I kind of had to adjust his grades because, to be honest, his good games have been so good that his overall grade has skewed like towards the top, like Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks good. Obviously, he's not that good. Okay, Obviously, he's not to that level yet. Um, but the point I'm getting at is he's actually having a pretty good season overall. Like He really is. The bad games have looked bad. The good games have looked really good. And then the games like Sunday when he beats the Packers, that's a really, you know, that that gets graded out as a really good performance. So over the course of the season, I think this is deserved that he's a Pro Bowl alternate. Yeah, yeah. I think people have chosen to ignore, at least some of his critics, even fans who are still torn on him. Some of the good things opposing coaches, opposing players have said about him over this season. You know, I know everybody made maybe too much out of what Bill Belichick said, but I thought Bill, Bill Belichick was being genuinely candid with his, with his praise for Mitch Trubisky. Joe Philbin had good things to say this week. Some Packers defenders had good things to say about Trubisky, uh, especially after the win, um, basically said he, he was the big reason why they, they, they lost. Uh, Trubisky's making plays with his arms and a leg. They're doing a lot of good things out there. So, 
Look, I get some people might be torn on what he is and what he will be, but the league at least recognizes the the talent level. You know what I'm saying? He he belongs and he competes and he can and he keeps the Bears in games, a lot of games. And I don't know if he's first, second, third, alternate. Um, maybe we'll be able to find that out in the next couple days. But uh, your your three Pro Bowl quarterbacks in the NFC are Jared Goff, Drew Brees, and Russell Wilson. So, you know, between Mitch Trubisky, uh, Jared Goff, and Drew Brees, pretty decent chance one of them is going to be in the Super Bowl, right? So I don't know if he's first alternate or not. Uh, it, it would be interesting, though, if Mitch Trubisky did somehow get into the Pro Bowl this year after sort of the uh, polarizing season that he has had here in Chicago. That's another trip to Disney World for you and me, my friend. <laughs> I guess I guess if Mitch is in, we got to go. You have to. I, I think I'm going to go anyway. You got five Pro Bowl Bears there after not having any in what, what seems like an eternity, right? Yeah. It, they were such a drought and kind of spoke to how bad they were as a team and how bad they were personnel-wise. And here they are with five and a bunch of alternates, too. So I think I'm definitely going. And if Mitch is definitely going, it's a worthwhile trip. Uh, might have to do a live show in Orlando. There you know. go. We could do a Splash Mountain, my friend. That Now, that would be great. Just a live episode from Splash Mountain. <laughs> you know, some of those lines would allow us to do it. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go through some of these other names. Trey Burton. Not sure I'm totally on board with that one. Pro Bowl alternate. You know who was a Pro Bowl alternate? Marcus Cooper. When was that? The year before? He, the year before he was signed by the yeah. Bears. But he actually played decent that year. He was yeah. good. I think he had four interceptions for the Kansas City Chiefs. Was it the Chiefs? It was, I forget where he was from. Chiefs, right? Chiefs. Cardinals, right? Yes, Chiefs. Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, Cardinals is where... Wait. How soon we forget. Yeah. <laughs> Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals. That's what it was. It was the Cardinals, right? It okay. was a red team. Yeah, it was one of those teams wearing red, obviously. Yes. Out west. Uh, Cody Whitehair, I think that's deserved. I actually, you know, I would have been fine if he had gotten in the Pro Bowl. Um, Charles Leno, I don't think is having quite the season Cody Whitehair is, but... He's on the alternate list. Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan deserve to be on this list, in my opinion. Roquan Smith, did you hear what Matt Nagy said about him on Monday? And I love the way he put it. It's just like you see these plays, and then all of a sudden a missile comes flying from the side of your your TV screen to make the play. I believe the correct word, Adam, was laser. Laser. Whoosh, and he went like that. He did say laser. I guess I'm thinking missile. Either yes. one is, I, I think, an accurate Well, well his nickname in college was the Montezuma Missile. That's, that's awesome. The more you know. The more you know. Leonard Floyd is a Pro Bowl alternate. I'll tell you what. If Leonard Floyd, just looking at my own grades, I, th- I kept saying he was pretty good in the first half season against the run. He, wasn't he, he was damn run. good against the Packers, we should say. Oh, my God, he was outstanding the other day. But he has been so good over, like, really the last four to six weeks that if he had, if he had put that together the whole season, he would definitely be in the Pro Bowl, no question. And who, who knows what it'll look like after these next two games. Absolutely. Just to go back to, to Roquan Smith, here's a stat for you. He's reached double-digit tackles, 10 tackles or more, six times this season. Yeah. includes five in the last seven games. Adam. So the the tackles are mounting for the Montezuma missile. To go back to the other boy from from Georgia, look, 
Leonard Floyd for all the criticism that we we were even guilty of it of pouring on him and you know in terms of how you would describe what he was supposed to be. I think it's becoming pretty clear to me. You're going to pick up his fifth year option. He is. He, there's still every time you see him throw Aaron Rodgers to the ground, and he's he's got five and a half career sacks against the Packers in six games. It, it, it seems to me like he's getting better sometimes. We, we knew he was. He had to grow into that position, had to learn that position in so many ways, after doing so many different things at Georgia. But I, I keep getting the sense, at least when I was watching the film against the Packers, Adam, that this guy, this this young player, is still getting better. Yeah, I look, he, he had a good game against Seattle in Week 2, but for the most part, the first five weeks of the season – you know, I, I felt like I was doing a lot of defending of like, all right, yeah, the pass rushing's not there, but I'm telling you, he's playing good against the run. Maybe, you know, he just needs to get more comfortable. It'll come around. And then, full disclosure, he had a bad game against the Patriots. He had a bad game against New England. And that was really the first time I was like, oh, you know what? All right, I mean, maybe maybe, they, maybe this is a guy who's not going to have his fifth-year option picked up at this point. And then, ever since then, he has been nothing but good. And sometimes he's been great. He was great against the Vikings, and he was great against the Packers. Those two divisional games at home. And all the other games, he's been pretty good, too. Pretty good against the Bills, pretty good against the Rams. He's been stacking. How many games is that now? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. That's half a season since that bad game he had against the Patriots. That is not uh, a small sample size. He is coming along strong. And I don't think there's any question at this point. He will have his fifth-year option picked up in the spring. Aaron Rodgers called him a legitimate pass rusher. Look, I, I know he's got his limitations because of his size, um, but I, I still feel like that size also allows him to do so many different things. You, you watch that Vikings game. You watch that Packers game. Vic Fangio can use him in so many different ways, and I get people bemoan the coverage, and, and I understand it. You drafted him ninth overall to get the quarterback. But you know what? He's such an athlete. And I still feel like they're learning. He's still learning how to use that athleticism at the NFL level. Like his two tackles, or his two sacks, I should say, against Bakhtiari. And by the way, did you see his Twitter complaint about his head? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, what is up with that? I mean, I felt like he got away with holding like five or six times <laughs> against the Bears. But anyway, I digress. What was I saying? Thanks a lot, Bakhtiari. Uh, Leonard Floyd... He did what you're supposed to do, you know? He, he held his lane, he held his hole, he, he held his leverage, and then he came and attacked. He, he did not want Aaron Rodgers to escape the pocket. And once he found his opportunity to, to close on Aaron Rodgers, he did that quickly. He, he's an athlete out there, and he's learning how to be a good pass rusher in the NFL. So, yes, pick up that fifth-year option, Ryan Pace. Well, and there was a couple of plays, too, that just looking at the tape uh, earlier today where, you know, all he did was set the edge, and Roquan Smith came in and made the tackle on a run. But yeah, Leonard Floyd yeah. did his job setting the edge, uh, which is something that I think everybody had some concern if he could hold up on the edge when he needed to just use his muscle because he was so thin. And look, we all kind of knew he was going to be a project. It took longer than people, um, you know, were hoping for. But I, I agree with Aaron Rodgers. He I, and I think that's what I was getting at. Over the last eight weeks, he has gone from you know a solid run defender who you can trust out there. Uh, to to you know be your number two outside linebacker behind Khalil Mack. Now he's a legitimate pass rusher. You know what I'm going to do right here is uh, this is from a couple weeks ago, 
But Brandon Staley, the Bears' outside linebackers coach, this, this just dawned on me. Um, it, it's a good thing to play because we were talking to him about Khalil Mack and how Leonard Floyd has learned from Khalil Mack. I, I think there's there's two things that Khalil Mack has done to help Leonard Floyd this year. One is obviously just being as good as he is and drawing extra attention. That's making life easier for everyone else on the defense. But I also think that Leonard Floyd, while they're not exactly the same type of pass rusher in terms of size, uh, you know, Max obviously a little bit, a lot more powerful, I should say. I still think he has learned from the techniques and um, also just like the strategy that Khalil Mack uses throughout a game to work on offensive tackles and eventually get to the quarterback. So here's what Brandon Staley had to say about that a few weeks ago. And the most important element with uh, Leonard is his speed. You know, so just his get-off, you know, his angle. Um, and then um, at the top of the rush, just being really decisive and, and you know, um, taking, you know, his game, kind of his arsenal, which is different than Khalil's, which is different than Aaron's, and, and knowing when to use it, you know. And I think that um, you, you'd be surprised when you can just break it, break something down with a guy one-on-one and it's just you and him, um, it's, a, it's amazing what you can learn, and I think that he's taken advantage of that. We've kind of done that the last several weeks, and I think you've seen him rush a lot better. Even though he and, he's, is. and he's healthy. I think, you know, he's healthy, and, and I think that uh, that's easy to see. Just, you know, he's alive. You see his speed. You see his athleticism, his, his ability to bend, and that's been great to see. Just see him be able to go out there and play free. Even though his body type traits are different from Khalil's, what can he learn in terms of some of those things you were talking about earlier that Khalil does so well? I think that the thing about Khalil is he's just really decisive as a rusher. Uh, you don't see him waste very many rushes, um, and he's not really trying to feel you out. He's trying to make you feel him, and I think that that's something that uh, Leonard, I think, has learned a lot from is just making the, the, the tackle feel him a lot more. And um, you know, and then just I think the other thing that he learns from Khalil is just uh, and and Leonard possesses this trait, and it's one of his best traits. is just a motor. You know, he's just really relentless, um, run game and pass game, and that's where you see both those guys um you know in the run game and the pass game you see production and i think that that's what makes both of them you know special players is that they give you a complete player all right so i just thought that stuff from brandon staley was was interesting enough to play there i hope you guys got some value out of that too but i I think it uh, does speak to how leonard floyd has really blossomed here in the second half of the season i don't know that we can overstate the importance of that because there's other guys that that need to be dangerous to also help Khalil Mack because otherwise he's just going to be double triple teamed all the time as as the Bears go into the playoffs here, and that's become such a dynamic front across the board that you you can't double team Khalil Mack constantly, and he's still getting some one on ones every once in a while, and he's winning those. Johnsy, they're so good at running games. With Leonard Floyd, where he loops inside. You know what I'm talking about? It could be Roy Robertson Harris uh, and, and the fourth and sixth play where he missed the second Aaron Rodgers, but he still had a good shot at him. He times it right. What did Vic Fangio call him? Slippery in such situations. He's just, he, he's able to cut through him. He times it right, like I said. Um, he's good at it. And just to have that game, and maybe that stunt opposite. You know, a typical pass rush from Mac and maybe Hicks. It gives Vic Fangio so many different options in terms of designing his pressures and how to attack quarterbacks. You like to have options. And, and you know, Leonard Floyd gives you several of them because of his length, his speed, and his ability to be in coverage. Again, he's proving to be quite the, the valuable chip in. Look, I was surprised he was an alternate. 
I, I really was just in terms of, you know, there was a lot of talk about him being a bust early on in the season. The numbers aren't quite there, but in the last several weeks, he's come out. And, and when, when the best, one of the best quarterbacks in the league calls you legitimate pass rusher, when he's just rambling off praise for other guys, mm-hmm. I think that's key. I think that's very important. I think that speaks highly to what people think of him across the league. Yeah, um, well, he's 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 really deserving as a Pro Bowl alternate. I think Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan are also up there. I think Roquan Roquan's on the verge of of being a a Pro Bowler every year. I think I, I he he's if, if he had been um if he had been at training camp, he would have started week one. He probably wouldn't have started as slow as he did. He has just gotten better each and every single week, and he probably would have been a Pro Bowler. Eddie, you know, been ready for you know from the start of the season, but he's still incredibly good, and I, I think he's he's destined to be a star in this league for a really long time. Whoosh, as Matt Nagy would say, he, he he's literally all over the field. It, it's quite impressive the the sideline, the sideline speed that he has, and how instinctual he can be, uh, and the umph he brings at, at the end of it that always mm-hmm. stands out to me. Just violence right at the finish. Uh, the Bears got themselves a staple, I think, for their defense in the, in the first round this year, Adam. Pretty sure of that. All right, three snubs, guys that should have at least been alternates. Number one for me is Eddie Goldman. Part of it is the voting, which in some ways I think needs to be overhauled, but there's not really a way to just like give a nose tackle his props, a guy that's not going to rack up a ton of stats. But Eddie Goldman has been a pro bowler all season long. He's so good. And he's not even an alternate. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, defense can't work without him, Adam. No. It simply cannot. He's so important in this Bears defense. Um, and, you know, whatever. He, he Part of it's the voting flaws, but he should at least be a Pro Bowl alternate. I'm surprised that coaching, the coaching and the, um, the player voting didn't reflect that enough to get him in there. Uh, any, uh, Bryce Callahan also, I think, has a case to at least be an alternate. Not sure I would have put him in the Pro Bowl. Um, you know, in some ways, just the amount of improvement we've seen from him, I, I think, is and this is not a bashing of him. Just it, it's overrated his play a little bit. But again, I, I think that the voting is a factor here because he wasn't even listed among the cornerback cornerbacks, I believe. At least that's what some people are telling me on Twitter, people that were voting, that he wasn't even up there as a cornerback option. You know, with the NFL running as much, you know, three wide receiver sets as they do, Nickelback should be a spot on the Pro Bowl ballot at this point. Yeah, yeah you, you would think, right? Yeah. So, Absolutely. And it's not. So there's another flaw in the voting right there. And then I, I, I'm a little uh, bummed for Sherrick McManus because he's having an outstanding year as a special teamer, and he's not even on there as an alternate. And I know just from talking to him over the last few years how much that has been a goal for him to make the Pro Bowl, and he should at least be an alternate too, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, the Eddie Goldman one is what, is what stands out to me. It, it really does. Again, such a linchpin of that defense. Can't work without him, Adam. You just can't. Ask Dick Fangio. If he could pick him, he'd have like three Eddie Goldmans. That's how good he is up front. I don't get it sometimes. I don't try to make too much out of the Pro Bowl, but I know players really value it. It means a lot to them um, in terms of recognition. It means a lot in terms of what they've worked and earned for. Mm -hmm. It it means a lot to to their salaries because they get bonuses 
out of this too sometimes if it's in their contracts. So I know people make light of it. I make light of it sometimes, but it's important to a lot of those players, a lot of them. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, the bottom line, though, is the Bears are well represented. Uh, a lot of these guys deserve it. And um, and there's some guys that didn't get the recognition they do deserve. And we'll see how this all plays out because I have a feeling over the next few uh, weeks or so, um, you know, there's going to be one or two guys added here uh, as, you know, there's t- always tons of dropouts. And, you know, as much as it means as an honor, not all the players actually want to go to the Pro Bowl. So some of them do try to get out of it. And then, of course, yeah. there's the guys that are playing in the Super Bowl um, that won't go. And, hey, maybe that'll be the Bears. So maybe that'll be a moot point. Absolutely. <laughs> How about that? Just the conversation that we're having after last year. I know, it's crazy. When, when nobody got in and we're all bemoaning Hicks not getting in and, and all sorts of things. Look at them now. Yeah. Five Pro Bowlers, Super Bowl talk. About to talk about a possible first round buy. Such a different, refreshing dialogue to have, my friend. Yeah, it it definitely is. Um, all right, one thing I wanted to bring up as we shift the conversation a little bit. First of all, we should update the injuries. I'm sure by now you're listening to this, you already know. But uh, Eddie Jackson, it, it sounds like it's just I don't I don't want to say minor ankle sprain because I don't know that we know that it's completely minor. But it doesn't sound major. It doesn't sound like it's, uh, you know, even if it is somewhat of a high ankle sprain, it doesn't sound like a major high ankle sprain. The uh, the Bears probably dodged a bullet there with Eddie Jackson, and my guess is he's, he'll sit out the next two weeks, and this is a guess, but sit out the next two weeks and be available for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rest him. Too valuable. Yeah. Too good to risk. The Aaron Lynch... Injury surprised me. He's not out for the season. I don't know how. Yeah. Like, did you see his arm? <laughs> it looked you, disgusting. You, oh, my gosh. You, you tweeted that, right? Yeah, I did. I mean, I didn't tweet the video. I'm surprised the video didn't make it on Twitter. Because yeah, well, I saw all, it But we're all better off. Oh, yeah. But I saw it live, and I immediately, I, I said in the, you and I don't sit in the same exact area in the press box, but I said out loud, I, I, like, I actually had a physical reaction out loud that I couldn't control, which was, oh, oh, no. Something really bad just happened to Aaron Lynch's arm. It should not have bent that way. Like, that's what I said the moment it happened. And then when you go back and watch the tape, it looked just as bad as that reaction. And somehow, Matt Nagy said that he doesn't think he's going to be out for the year. So, I don't know. Maybe they're going to put one of those Rob Gronkowski braces or or, uh, J.J. Watt braces on his arm and say, go play. Yeah, yeah. You would think dislocation, you something worse than a hyperextension, some type of break or, or, or something. But, hey, look, the Bears, if, if there's one thing to nitpick about the Bears right now, they look awfully thin at outside linebacker. You need more from Isaiah Irving. You need Kylie Fitz to quickly develop into something for you if, if um, Aaron Lynch can't go. Obviously, we got they got some time here. But you need Fitz to show you something over the last two weeks to make you feel confident about a possible rotation come the playoffs. And Lynch is valuable, man. He has a splash play, usually one per game. Did you see that movie put on my guy Danny Vitale? Yeah, I wasn't going to mention the name, but you brought him up. Your guy from Northwestern. Oh, kinda, I thought he, I thought he kind of whiffed. But go ahead. No, no, I, that's what I thought live. But if you watch the end zone angle, it was just an unbelievably quick swim move by Aaron Lynch. It, it was really impressive. I thought when they when it happened live that that Danny just missed the block. But if you go back and well, watch he did him, miss the block. He did miss right. The block. But I'm telling, I think I think Lynch was the re, you know Lynch caused the miss block. It wasn't just 
a bad block. It was uh, an incredibly quick athletic move by Aaron Lynch and a very impressive play. Well, we saw them wear down. Who was it against? The the Lions a little bit when they were down? Aaron Lynch? Is that the game you didn't play with the concussion? Uh, you, you saw the depth concerns. They need him. Without Sam Acho, which they haven't had for forever, yeah. uh, you, you need someone to spell Cleo Mack. You need someone to spell Leonard Floyd. And we saw it against the, the Packers when they were driving. There, there were drives out there where Cleo Mack was not out there, and they were entering the red zone. The Packers were. And that's not good. You need Cleo Mack to be fresh for those situations. So Isaiah Irving, Kelly Fitz, it's time to step up and see what you got. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was the game in Detroit on Thanksgiving that Aaron Lynch missed with the concussion. Um, so hopefully, I mean, again, if they can sit him for a couple weeks, uh, if they need to, uh, get him back for the playoffs. And and in the meantime, it's not a bad thing that a guy like Deion Bush or Isaiah Irving has to play a little bit in these two games because it's not the end of the world if you lose them as long as you hold on to the three seed. But it, it's not a bad thing to build a little bit more depth here before you get into January. That's a good point. That's a good point. You, you know, you got to play to get better. That's what you got to do. And it was one and we series. Saw it, it was one series. I thought Deion Bush played well on that last series, though. Yeah, yeah. No, Deion Bush has started games for Fig Banjo before. Yeah. Let's let's not forget that experiment. Uh, what two, two, three years ago? I can't even remember. Um, but he but he has started games, so it's not like. You know, he's he's a undrafted rookie being thrown into the mix. He's been praised before for being a rangy, kind of a, a violent hitter by Vic Fangio. So let's, let's see what he can do. You need that depth. And that depth it needs to be tested at some point. You know, and this, with, with two games left, your playoff lives, you know, kind of like, look, we don't know who they're going to play, but you're in. Mm-hmm. So might as well get some of these guys some, some much-needed repetitions, especially if Eddie Jackson and Aaron Lynch aren't playing like they shouldn't. All right, the last thing I want to bring up, last week on our Tuesday podcast – I, I brought up a poll question that I put on Twitter, and it was which team, which wild card opponent, potential wild card opponent, do you fear the most? And the answer was overwhelmingly the Seattle Seahawks. They got uh, two thirds of the vote, um, like right around sixty six percent. How many times did Pat Finley hit that button? I don't know. It's a great question. There were over four thousand votes on this poll, though, so I don't think the results were, you know. Um, yeah, I don't see Pat as yeah. the type of guy who's running a whole arsenal of sexy spam boxes. Yeah, either. I don't think I don't think Russia got involved in the uh, the voting or anything like that. I think we're okay. Okay. Um, now, so interesting week though, because Seattle goes out and loses to the Forty ers who the Bears play this weekend. The Vikings swap out their offensive coordinator and all of a sudden put it up forty points. Yeah, it was on the Miami Dolphins. And I, I predicted that in our podcast that the Dolphins are just terrible on the road. They get blown out on the road all the time. But that offense looked completely different with a new coordinator. And all of a sudden, maybe the Vikings will find their stride on offense. And if they do, that's a pretty dangerous football team with that defense because you know the defense can play. Meanwhile, the Eagles, they go to L.A. and they beat the Rams. And here, here come the Nick Foles-led <laughs> Eagles again. Here comes Nick Foles. He's going to have to write a second book after he makes another playoff run. But all of a sudden you get the uh, the underdog mask. You know, the dog masks they put on their head, and then they go and win the Super Bowl again. I mean, I'm just – think the, the things change drastically, it seemed like, in one week. That's how the NFL is. It's a week-to-week league. Anyway, I ran the poll again this morning. 
Uh, at this point, just under 2,500 votes on the poll, and the Seahawks go from 66% of the vote to 39. They're still leading, but the Vikings are right there at 37%, and the Eagles have 23%. So all of a sudden, the... Um, you know the the fear among these potential wild card opponents has uh, has you know, diversified a little bit. Yeah, I, I think ideally you never want to see a team three times, especially two within that close um, of a range. Um, it could be back to back weeks, could it not? It, it's I, I don't yeah. think you want that if it's the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, it, it'll be the Vikings. I, I don't think you want that in, in any situation, um, just because I feel like that's when the craziness happens, right? The Bears in my opinion, are actually the better team. They're more talented. Uh, they might actually have the better quarterback already, believe it or not, just minus the $84 million. I just don't like the, the scenario and how the, the sense of you know them being so familiar with each other, how that plays out. It's like a, it's like a big basketball or, or hockey playoff series, in a yeah. sense, when you have that two like back-to-back football games like that. It just it just speaks to certain craziness. And who knows what the Bears would do in Week 17 anyway. So I, I think you want to avoid the Vikings. If I had to pick a team, and I don't really get into, you know, the who they should play, who they match up better with. You know, it's always a be careful what you wish for type of situation. But I just think in general, playing a division team three times in a season, especially in that close of a range, back-to-back weeks, that just leads to more craziness, if you get what I'm saying. I agree. Now, I'm going to maintain what I've said about the Seahawks. Not that concerned about them. The offense doesn't scare me at all, and I just think the Bears' defense in a game at Soldier Field would do exactly what it looked like in Week 2, and it might not be pretty, but the Bears will do enough to win that football game. Um, that's, That's just how I feel about the Seahawks. That's how I felt about it last week, and obviously them losing the 49ers doesn't change anything. The Vikings, I agree. It's just an interesting... Here's what I want to see. I want to see more for Minnesota. Um, and who do they play this weekend? They go to Detroit. So they go to Detroit in a game. They're going to be their five-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Uh, Detroit's a mess. They should go in there, and and they should win. But not. I don't want to just see if they can win or not. I want to see if this offense continues to take a, take a step forward because I think that's the context that will really matter because if it does, the Vikings could be a different team than they have shown for most of the season. And, and, I, and then it creates a very interesting hypothetical situation in Week 17. Based on what Matt Nagy told us on Monday, it certainly sounds sounded like to me that if the Bears are locked into the three seed, he will consider sitting starters. Um. However, it's unlikely they're going to be locked into the three seed because it would take them losing to the 49ers to at least not go into Week 17 with a chance to catch the Rams, especially with the tiebreaker in hand. Um, The only scenario is if this game, this game against the Vikings in Week 17, still gets flexed to the evening, which is a possibility if the Vikings are playing to get in, whatever happens with the Rams earlier in the day could potentially lock the Bears into the three seed by kickoff. However, that creates a tough situation during the week because how do you prepare? Do you prepare like everyone's going to play and then pull the, you know, change everything in the last second? That's why he gets the big bucks at him. Yeah, I don't. And that's why you get the big bucks for for passing pre-calc to to be able to, you know. Think about all that, right? To to, to decipher all the playoff situations. I'm way ahead of everybody. Look, the Cowboys are going to win next week. They got the Buccaneers. I got some. 
You know, I, I think the Lions are, are hot garbage. I've been calling them that for weeks, but I feel like the fighting Patricias, they may have one more win left in them this season. And we saw it with the Packers. Look, they blew out the Falcons, and their offense wasn't the same against the Bears. Now, the Bears' defense is significantly better than the Falcons. I get it. But you would think there's some type of, of, I don't want to say letdown, but what really are, are the Vikings with, with a new offensive coordinator? The personnel isn't much different. So yeah, but the personnel is okay. I, I, yeah. the, the personnel is okay. They got two really good wide receivers, a good running back. Their offensive line kind of sucks. That's a problem. Well, it's philosophy, is it? So they, they right. Delvin Cook got the ball more. That's what I saw. Yeah, but that's what, yeah, they ran the ball more, and that's what they need to do. And that puts Kirk Cousins in a much better situation to succeed with a poor offensive line and get the ball to his playmaking wide receivers, who are pretty good. It, it, it just, I'm saying, it could be a different situation should the bears still be the favorite yes should the bears beat any of these teams in the wild card round at soldier field absolutely but the vikings could be a different team is all i'm saying and um to getting back to what you were talking about with how do you handle week 17 in that situation my guess is if it doesn't matter they actually will sit their starters and not worry about um not worry about eliminating the vikings because and i'm kind of going off the preseason how much the Bears and Matt Nagy hid stuff and sat starters. Because, yeah, okay, so you might go in there and lose to the Vikings in Week 17 and have to play them the following week. But if you don't show them anything and you save everything for the next week and everybody's healthy, I still think that puts you in an advantageous position to win the following week at home. Well, look, you're also not risking injury in a game that actually means nothing to you. Part of me would, would, would want the Bears... To, to eliminate the Vikings, it just makes too much sense not to, at least to me. But but I'm not Matt Nagy, and we, we have to go by what we've seen. And I think you're on the right path here in terms of his decision making. If the Bears are locked in to the three seed come week six, week week seventeen, and I think you're on the right path. And I I have to say I would be a little worried about the Eagles. Just getting that if they go on a roll here, and then all of a sudden they're back to their underdog mentality with Nick Foles. I still oh, there's no way this is going to happen twice in a row. Well, uh, right. Well, not I'm, even. I'm not talking about a Super Bowl. Like this. Come on, come on. They're not the same team. I, I, I'm not seeing the same type of. I agree. They're not pizzazz the, from the from the Eagles this year. Uh, I agree. They're not the same team. But what? And I don't think that they will be able to make a run to the Super Bowl with Nick Foles again. But what I am saying is, if they so they beat the Rams. They're hosting the Texans this weekend. They're favored, by the way, at home against the Texans, who are um, a 10-win ball club, right? Now the Texans are. So, And then who do they have in Week 17? Uh, Washington on the road. So there's a possibility they finish on a three-game winning streak, Johns, and that would actually be five out of six to end the season to get in. All I'm saying is you're taking that team that loves that underdog role, and for one weekend, can they go on the road and win one playoff game in Chicago with that same underdog mentality and those pretty decent players they have on that roster? That's the team I think I would actually fear the most, if I'm, if I'm being honest. I don't think I'm picking against the Bears in the first round. If they're at home, well, they are at home. I, I just, they continue to surprise me. And the old, be careful what you wish for. You want this team to face the Bears, whatever. 
I get it. People like that type of conversation, but just in terms of, of the way they're, they've been resilient, the way they've been playing defensively, the way Mitch Trubisky will continue to surprise you just when you want to, just when you feel like doubting him, continues to surprise you. I'm not picking against the Bears in the first round, regardless of who they're playing. I get some crazy things happen. happen. That's why I don't like the three times against the Vikings situation. But I would still pick the Bears against every single one of those teams. That defense is too good. And that offense has too much potential. Yeah, I'd still pick them. I'm just, I mean, it's it, it could be harder than people think. It is the playoffs, after all. It yeah. is the playoffs. Uh, I like how you brought the fighting Matt Patricia's. Matt F-bomb Patricia, I should say, after he's dropping F-bombs on post-game interviews now. Right? Was he, was his posture good? I don't know. Was he, was he slumping over the lectern? I don't know. Matt? Is he shaved? Patricia. <laughs> that situation is precarious. Watch it. Watch it. That could... I'm not saying it's going to be a Josh McDaniels-like situation, but there's just so many bad vibes coming from what's being built there. I mean, don't you feel the same? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not good. It's not no. good. No, it's not good at all. I don't know how you could be. I don't know how you could sit there if you're the Ford family and feel good about that hire and and where things are going right now. But um, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how they finish. But yeah, it's not it's not particularly good. The stuff that's been coming out of Detroit uh, this season. So hey, la- is th- is this stat true that Mitch Trubisky has led the Bears to more NFC North titles than Matt Stafford has led the Lions? I believe that is true. I think the only time they got in was as a wild card. Yeah, well, how about that? Mm. That's, that's a good point. Did you hear? Uh, did you hear what Wayne Larrabee was saying on the Packers broadcast about Matt Nagy? No, 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 Mike Nagy. What, what do you have to say about Mike Nagy? Oh yeah, Mike Nagy. Um, he he called him arrogant for the the fake punt and the uh, the uh, wildcat on third down that they fumbled. Yeah. He, he was calling it arrogance. And then he and then he I, I should have pulled the audio, but then he he actually said on the broadcast, "Hopefully the Packers can take this and shove it up, you know where." Wow, <laughs> I know Wayne. Wow, wow, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, he wanted the Packers to take what and shove it up? What? I don't. He he. <laughs> that was his response to the Packers taking over the football. You know, and yeah. t- he was basically saying, "Hopefully, the Packers can take advantage of this situation." Uh, oh, okay, because right. the Bears were a bunch of cocky, arrogant, cocky jerks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, okay, yeah. Okay, uh, it was a it was an interesting way to phrase it. Well, I, I on the other hand, I personally enjoyed seeing Jeff Joniak mic'd up. I was very entertained by it. I was, I was too, um, and for his sake, there uh, may or may not be gifts that will show up from time to time of the Jeff Joniak fist bump. I don't know. They may or may not appear on social media at some point. <laughs> Save it. <laughs> I do want to give a shout out. I've been meaning to do this for weeks. I even told her this, um, but uh, Dion Miller from ABC Seven, loyal. Loyal podcast listener, been ne- meaning to give her a shout out for weeks. Because we have to get her on. I know we talked about doing it in camp. Uh, we should do that. But if there was an MVP of the House Hall Media Room, 
it would be Dion Miller because of all the yummy food she brings us every week. Yes, yes. She's personally responsible for me gaining 10 pounds this season. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Uh, that me not being able to find a schedule that works to work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, you're ripping me on social media for going to the gym. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just how it works these days. <laughs> Is that a thing though that you're not so, like that you're not supposed to mention that you went to the gym? Like I, I don't know, man. I got crushed for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I just want people to picture you getting all swole. Yeah, that's not what I do though. I don't. I, if you look at me, I you know I don't lift, lift weights. <laughs> I go and play basketball. That's what I do. I'm definitely not lifting up uh, any any kind of weight whatsoever. You know what we should do power rankings of? Dion Miller's snacks that she's brought in, her, her baked goods. The banana uh, coffee cake with, with cinnamon uh, or chocolate cinnamon yeah. that she had the other day. Mm-hmm. As Dave Kaplan would say, phenomenal. It, it was, as Jeff Joniak would say, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was that, it was that good. That good. I like the, uh, was that a brownie, like a mint brownie? Like that was good too. Had the mint in there. Oh, that's if you get mint and chocolate together, you you got me. It's the best ice cream, mint chocolate chip. It's oh. a green one. Oh yeah, I'm I'm hooked on that forever. Uh, all right, we should get out of here probably. Good good Tuesday episode uh, again. Sorry, it's a little bit later, but we thought, what's the point of putting a podcast out um, in the uh, the morning or afternoon on a day where there's going to be pro bowlers. I mean, that just didn't really make any sense. So we waited until a little bit later in the day to get this out to you and make sure we got the pro bowl conversation in there. What a, what a way Adam Johns for the season just to continue to go. Like it keeps, it keeps climbing here. You got division title one day, pro bowlers the next. I think there's going to be a couple of all pros eventually. And then who the heck knows what's going to happen in January. Yeah. What did uh, Matt Nagy say in club dub? If you're done, get out the door. Yeah. That's a good line. Yeah. That was yeah. good. Well, unfortunately, we are done, and uh, we are going to get out the door right now. <laughs> yeah. Literally, I'm going to walk out of this office door in a second. <laughs> yeah. But we'll be back in the door on uh, on Thursday with your official preview episode for the weekend. Get a chance to talk to Robbie Gold tomorrow in House Hall. That should be fun. Yes, 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 yes. What a... I mean, that's another. Wait, wait till the podcast on, on Thursday, everybody. Yeah. The the fleecing 49ers didn't really fleece anybody, did they? Yeah, I thought about bringing that up today, and I just say, we'll save that for Thursday. I've been all over it on social media. We'll keep it there for now, bring it up on Thursday, and uh, maybe hear what Robbie Gold has to say. I don't think Robbie Gold is going to outscore the Bears by himself this time around. But that's all for Thursday's podcast. We'll talk to you then. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read us online. You know where to find us. We'll talk to you on Thursday. So take that and think about that for a little bit.